Hello and welcome to Interworks Wellbeing Plus podcast. Hi, my name is Felix Slaven, Wellbeing Plus coach for Interwork, and today we are speaking with Marta, an Interwork client who shares her own lived experience of a long-term health condition and how she has approached employment and day-to-day wellbeing management. We had a very in-depth conversation, and so rather than publish the interview in full, we have decided to make this conversation into two episodes. So here you are, the first part of our conversation. I hope you enjoy. So hi, Marta. It's it's really nice to have you on to the podcast. Uh, We really welcome you. Uh, It's a special session because we are, this is the first uh, podcast episode that we are putting together with a client involved oh cool no thank yeah. you for having me <laughs> it's nice yes yeah, it's, it's, it's great great to have you on you're going to be talking to us about you know your your work and your uh, the journey that you've you've, you've been on so yeah. uh, I thought we'd just just start by asking can you tell us about your experience as someone with a, a health condition yeah so well first of all my health condition is epilepsy and so which is obviously I mean it kind of exists on a really big scale and can mean lots of different things to different people so I'm I can only really speak from my my own experience of it but I for me it's kind of an invisible illness so you might not know that I I'm dealing with it unless Mm. I were to tell you that or I don't know you worked closely with me or or if I was actually having a a seizure so in some ways that that's made my kind of experience of living with it easier yeah but it's also come with some kind of yeah just things that I've had to navigate (laughs) and so I was diagnosed when I was 12 but before that, I'd kind of had quite a long period of my health not being very good physically and mentally and no one really knowing what was happening, including doctors. So before I actually got the diagnosis, I'd gone through quite a long time not feeling well. But actually, by that point, even though I didn't have a name for this thing, it has already affected my life quite a lot. I was kind of having absences, they call them. Um, and convulsions so kind of like uncontrolled movements normally in the morning which doctors thought might be related to just tiredness or even because I was very young you know they thought maybe it was kind of rooted more in a mental health issue where maybe I was unhappy at school and you know all of these kind of things they they're speculating about and it was only when I had my first a big seizure so they're called tonic clonic seizures that was when I was 12 and that was when they could properly start to identify and diagnose it so I'd gone through quite a long period of anxiety and kind of not really understanding why I felt the way that I did yeah. or what was happening to me and obviously when you're that age when you're 11 and 12 you're looking to the adults in your life <laughs> to to kind of explain to you what what's going on and obviously that that's not always possible so it was it was a bit of a relief to me when I did finally get diagnosed I know that's not normally what we think of you know we don't normally think of diagnosis as a kind of 
positive thing. But I think when you, yeah, it's just the nature of epilepsy is when it's something that you kind of develop in childhood like I did. Sometimes it's quite nice to just actually have a name to something so that you can start yeah. to process it. But yeah, then, so I started medication and that <clears throat> was effective for quite some time. But I think when it comes to kind of the social side of of living with epilepsy, that was maybe where things got a wee bit more complicated. It actually was a bit more complicated than actually controlling the kind of, you know, what was happening in my body. The harder part was kind of working out how to deal with it on a daily basis. So the approach at that time what I felt I, I mean you know I'm looking back on this as an adult so it's, it's possible that you know I, I had a very so through through a child's eyes everything is very different maybe some things are exaggerated but my my memory of it is that I was kind of growing up in a society or just a world where you know people don't really talk about these things it was normal to not tell people that I had a health condition or that I had epilepsy. Um, yeah. it, it was kind of suggested to me, you know, you just, as a child, you just kind of, you take other people's leads, don't you? So it wasn't talked mm-hmm. about very much. And that was a way of coping with it. It was well-intentioned, but that, that was kind of what I learned. So for example, at school, I don't really remember teachers ever having a conversation with me about it. And I, I, I understand, you know, I, I understand that people make these decisions for because they think it's the best one, but it has had an effect on me, you know, just kind of growing up and trying to deal with life with epilepsy. It would have been nice maybe to have some kind of, just to be able to be clear and honest about, about this thing that I was kind of coping with. And... I suppose to some extent, you know, to be told you have this illness, but that doesn't make you any different, doesn't make you less capable, life won't be harder. You know, that's, that's you know, <laughs> to some extent can be true um, for some people. And obviously is, you know, kind of a positive approach, or at least that was the intention. But the catch is that, you know, you, you kind of keep quiet about it. And it's turned out not to be that helpful <laughs> in yeah. quite a few situations. And especially when it comes to kind of employment and trying to develop professionally. And you've kind of got this big, fairly big part of your life and who you are that you can't really be open about. Yeah. Um, so it certainly, yeah, affected affected how I feel about myself as an adult and professionally. And, and just one more thing about the social aspect of it mm-hmm. being so for me one of the things that I um, experience as a result of epilepsy is sometimes if I'm very tired or I'm stressed I have blanks in conversations or in meetings or whatever and so these are absences they're just kind of like moments of blanking out and it's a it can happen if you've got epilepsy and obviously you know if you blank out in the middle of a conversation and other people notice this seems quite antisocial um, and you know other people will think oh, she's not paying attention or she's very distractible <laughs> and if people don't know that that you're actually dealing with a health condition and that's just one of the effects that it has on you you kind of stop 
when you're not able to have that conversation with other people and say well sorry that's not because I'm not interested it's actually because I've got this health condition those lines start to blur for you as well so I'm really struggling just now um, and I think I kind of had a realization maybe a year ago (laughs) that I was really not sure what aspects of me are just my personality you know am I really distractible that's possible and what's the epilepsy what is that Mm -hmm. influencing how I am in social situations and that's I think and that's absolutely I'm very sure that that's not um, specific to epilepsy I think it can be very difficult for people with health conditions to to know what's what's just them and what's what's the illness and where those two things overlap because obviously Mm -hmm. living with a health condition does influence who you are in good ways as well as bad ways and it's not an exact science so yeah yeah so you've you've been talking there about the stages of development you know when childhood's going into your adolescence like there was a lot of information that you still didn't really have access to you were going Mm -hmm. through that diagnosis procedure and there's different aspects of life that change as you get older as well and you need to adapt and yeah, and then definitely. almost try and have these sort of reflections on what 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 it's what that means about us and you know identity and, and who we are yeah um, uh, and you were you were touching there on the the employment aspect you know mm. uh, some of these questions are going through your mind even today so just, what, what has that been like for you just in terms of employment and living with to be honest only something that I've really focused on so what I was saying before what I've just been saying about you know you kind of internalizing these habits of not talking about uh, what you're dealing with when that is how you deal with it for years and years and years it's really difficult to unlearn these things and even to know what kind of patterns you're you're stuck in and it's really only very recently that I realised that actually it has affected how I feel in employment and my attitude towards employment. <laughs> so until recently, I would only ever talk about, I would only ever mention that I had epilepsy, you know, in forums if it was for documents that where I had to disclose that kind of thing, or mm-hmm. if I was ill or when it was something became serious and I I had to be open about it but apart from that I would I would definitely not have mentioned it unless unless I really needed to and that's Mm -hmm. that really um well apart from just being a bit isolating and feeling like you can't really it does feel like you're hiding something from someone because it does influence who you are and how you feel so anyway apart from you know that feeling of um not being able to be really yourself um, or being worried about pe- what people will think of you if you really are yourself mm-hmm. or if you really do tell people that you kind of slept all weekend because you needed to. I have found that I just can't commit to a lot of what's expected of employees nowadays and especially when, you know, working conditions are not great for many people people like me so me and many people we just kind of look at job descriptions and person specifications and go actually I really can't say that <laughs> this is this is a, a normal expectation for me so I'm to, just to be clear I'm talking about you know if you have something like epilepsy so for me my way of managing it is to maintain 
a fairly strict routine of good sleep and and kind of regular meals stuff like that and and so I need to plan my time so I can recover you know just from normal the normal stresses of life I need time to recover physically and mentally from that and and regularly not just kind of once every six months but I need to be doing it regularly so that I don't reach fatigue or stress which are my main triggers for for seizures yeah. so when you've got you know when you live in a world where um, most people are having to deal with the unpredictability of zero contracts or not being able mm. to take adequate screen breaks because they've got targets to reach or or people who are needing to work overtime and um, things like that you just don't have the option to to do that. You can't actually offer that to employers, and and it's be, become so normal that people are in situations where they're under pressure to do that, or you're fearful that if you don't do that, you're going to lose your job. So when you do live with a health condition or illness that makes you kind of forces you to be quite strict about looking after your health, you need flexible working and you need employment and employers where not only do they expect you to commit to what they need but they also commit to kind of supporting you to be able to work to the best of your ability to understand Mm -hmm. what you need as an individual and what your body needs you know unfortunately that's a bit of a luxury when when people do have that kind of flexible working and employers who are to listen and wanting to kind of do what they can to to support an employee with a health condition or disability that's a luxury now what is your own experience of that in terms of that flexibility with employers and and looking at ways to take into account your epilepsy and your preferred way of working yeah I like I say maybe haven't in the past been very good at communicating about what I need just because it wasn't um hadn't been the normal thing in my life and and also I'd never been asked really I have had situations in the past where well there was one time (laughs) where I I had had a a seizure at the weekend and I came into work on a Monday and it takes you quite a long time or at least it takes me personally quite a a good few weeks to kind of like recover fully from the the from how tired a, a seizure makes me so I know th- this was just you know a few days after I was going back to work I thought you know I feel really really tired and I'm kind of feeling really down <laughs> and I decided to tell my my boss at the time you know what had happened and uh, and and what that meant for me and that was the first time in my entire life so I think I was 28 at that point and I think that that was the first time in my in my life that I'd ever actually kind of just gone to someone's office and said this has happened to me this is what it makes me feel like and now you know <laughs> um, uh-huh. and I, I kind of went about my working day fairly fairly normally and um but it was uh, I think it was a conversation that probably they they hadn't had before. I don't think that they had. I don't think that there were any other teachers at the school there with epilepsy, and and it's not that comfortable for people. It's not that comfortable for people to talk about an experience that they don't know very much about, and that's not their fault. But you know, something that I did think about when I when I brought it up with 
with this boss who, who was really good about it. I think given, you know, what, what she knew, the conversation wasn't that difficult. And I was wondering, you know, why was I so scared of doing this before? And why isn't it a kind of normal procedure that we do have chats about that kind of thing, you know, before employment starts? An opportunity to just to be open about about what you deal with and, and how that might affect you um, and what can be done to to help you prevent illness at work or mm-hmm. what can be done when you do happen to be ill and you're you're still a human you're still an adult you want to you know keep your job you know you what what can be done to make sure you recover that everyone recovers from the situation and so yeah, I think I thought that the conversation would be much more difficult than it actually was. And I think probably for the for the employers. I'm quite comfortable speaking about my experience. So I think that that helped the situation. Up to that point that there was speaking about your diagnosis is not something to readily do and people will exactly. not necessarily understand it. And and yeah. so approaching that point of actually trying to speak to someone about it in, in real terms, is it sounds like it can feel like a very difficult scenario you you need to be honest obviously Mm -hmm. but at the same time you're always thinking what does that mean you know what are they going to think about me you know if I tell them that I do sometimes have absences in the middle of conversations are they going you know what what will they think of me as a as an employee you know it you are thinking about a lot of things you feel inhibited to to be honest about it because you know um, that there isn't a lot of understanding about, about your condition and therefore it can be interpreted in in the wrong ways and that can make you feel quite insecure. Please help us by spreading the word about our new Wellbeing Plus podcast. Into Work is an Edinburgh-based charity supporting people with physical disabilities and long-term health conditions to find and sustain meaningful employment. This podcast is dedicated to sharing the stories of people with lived experience of physical disabilities and long-term health conditions, as well as their experience of supported employment and wellbeing management. You can also help support us by going on our website at www.intowork.org.uk. If you have any questions about the podcast, please email us on wellbeing.podcast at intowork.org.uk. Thank you for listening in.